0: Listening to 90% Mental Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 126. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Frosty Rucker, former NFL defensive lineman, where he shares how he relentlessly focused on preparation to fully lock himself in mentally and physically for competition. Competing in the trenches for over 12 years at the professional level allowed him to deal with adversity on and off the field and transition out of the NFL on his own terms. Would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? Neuropeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit Neuropeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. You're interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals? The Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile, and it's great for plyometric and high-intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code grantpar one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey
1: Frosty, how are you? I'm good, Grant. What's going on, man? Oh man, I'm 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 living, man. It, considering the times that we're living through right now, I'm I'm feeling good and staying focused and uh and I'm really excited to have you on my show because I get to hit the ball back and forth with with another football player and, and with my background being a quarterback and the years that I played in the sport, it's always good to talk shop and and to and to get into your mind a little bit and talk about your journey and your mindset and just learn a little bit more about what you're doing today.
2: I'm just uh same. I'm 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 living in the current times trying to stay focused, stay positive, stay safe. Um you know this is a real confusing part, but you know, if you if you you stay focused like I said before, you can come outside of this on top.
1: Totally. Man, I, I think this is, you know, I've been preaching this on my podcast and even preach this on my, in my book, but uh, where there's a crisis, there's an opportunity. And I think, uh, you know, if we're willing to make a choice and look at this um, as an opportunity, I know there's a lot of things I'm doing with my time right now that are, it's allowing me to, to do different things that I haven't had a chance to do in a long time. And so I'm just seeing this time as an opportunity and, and, and hopefully, and, and I say, hopefully, I don't really believe in that word hope that much. And I can tell you why later in the, in the podcast, but uh, I just know that my, my work and my productivity and my activities are going to yield something, you know, through these dark times.
2: Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, the amount of focus you can have right now when everything's sitting still, you're getting rest and your body's recovering from all the day to day stuff that you, you normally got to deal with, traffic and a totally. um, whole bunch of people and all that stuff. So right now, um, that's what I'm doing myself. I'm s- actually sitting down and I'm healing. Um, I'm reading more. Um, spending time with my family, having those those dinners and those intimate moments. And those are the things that really mean the most to me. So right now, you know, I feel like I'm already been an introvert enough that, you know, <laughs> this is this is right up my alley.
1: I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. Well, let let's get into it. And I'm really interested to to hear your thoughts on this because, you know, I always I start all of my shows with the word or actually the the question about mental toughness. And I can only imagine not only through your life but through your football career, you've had to be mentally tough. So when you think about being mentally tough or mental toughness, uh, what does that mean to you?
2: Well, that's a good one. Uh, mental toughness means to me it's just the will to keep going. You know, playing sports or just dealing with life, you get obstacles that can come your way. And you know, you're dealing with sports, you're dealing with health, you're dealing with, uh, uh, that's physical health, you're, you're dealing with mental health. Uh, you're dealing with all the avenues that come with it, um, money and family issues and things like that when you're supposed to be a dedicated athlete, but you got real life issues going on outside of the office and outside the field. Um, mental toughness is that that it's like the, the overdrive that just keeps you going and keeps you uh, focused on your task. And if I didn't have that, you know, I would crumble, you know, playing football. I'd like to say 28 consecutive years since I was seven all the way until I was uh, thirty-five, um, it was tough. But that's some of the things my first football coach, Robert Um uh, L. Williams, he taught me, he was just like you need to have hard work and mental toughness. And um and when you have hard work and mental toughness, it really the the cream rises to the top with that. And yeah. um it really does. And so I, I I love to live by that mental toughness.
1: Well and then can you that's awesome. And can you share a, a moment, like a specific moment, whether if it was Again, in high school, college, or even your professional career, a moment where you had to be mentally tough?
2: Well, I've had a, a number of injuries. Um, when I was, I'll just say, for instance, when I was in college, um, when I was at USC and we were winning national championships, I was there from the 2002 to 2005 in that era where we played in three straight national championships. We won two. It was tough. I had injuries that I had, off-season surgeries, and that was during the spring But you always got to remember when you're playing for an elite college like that, um, the recruiting process is just off the charts. And, you know, they're getting five-star recruits walking around campus, it seems like, every day. And these guys are signing, and you're really getting pushed um, to get back on the field. And, you know, there's so much you can do with regards to what your body's allowing you to do. And, you know, that's kind of the thing with football. If you're our sports, you know, if you're not on the field, it's the next man up. So having mental toughness that I could get through my injury, um, still compete at the highest level, and always have my job when I get back, you know, that was that was something that was very tough for me, you know, um, dealing with that.
1: You know, you said a word that connects with me is the next man up. I, my book that I wrote last year was called The Next One Up, and it's all about— it's all about the whole facet of getting ready for the moment getting ready for when your numbers, you know, called or getting ready when you're getting out of an injury or when you're the man and you're not the man, and you become the man again. Like what are the things you're doing? Uh, And I call it doing the work, doing all the hard work in the dark uh, where no one's looking. So uh, I can only imagine uh, what it's, physically emotionally mentally what you have to do to come back from an injury i mean i'm i can speak firsthand you know playing football for 13 years and and i've had two hip replacements on the same hip before i was 40 so i, I know what it's like to um to deal with those emotions and thoughts and also the pressures that surround you in your inner injury so you can come back and and have your spot because that's that's one thing i'm guessing that the pressure is like i might lose my spot
2: yeah absolutely and that opportunity i i can Name a number of times. Uh, College, like I said, for instance, was my first time. I dealt with that, being the next man up. Um, When I played for the Cincinnati Bengals, when the team that drafted me, I was the next man up type of guy. Um, Going to Arizona Cardinals, um, I ended up signing just a one-year minimum contract there and played five years, and I was the next man up. Uh, Darnell Dockett happened to get um, hurt, and I was prepared. So um, that mental toughness of being prepared – Again, you got to stay prepared, you got to stay um determined, you got to stay faithful. That's what really got me through my 13-year career.
1: So in the light of of the next one up or the next man up and talking about mental toughness, you know, we see this a lot in the NFL where where a lot of athletes when they get towards the end of their career, unless you're a franchise player, you know, you're you're probably going to stay at that that organization for a long time. But if you're not, I see these players, they move around towards the end. And I know that you played in the NFL for 13 years and, you know, you spent six years uh, with Cincinnati, but towards the end, you started to to move around a little bit, Cleveland, Arizona, Oakland. Did that enhance your mindset or did that play around with your mindset towards the end of your career, you know, moving from one ball club to the next?
2: Well, for me, I I felt like, you know, going into the league, you always hear the NFL's like, You know, you may have a three year career if that, drafted or not drafted. You know, they said the chances are you getting past that three years is very slim. So, by the time I get through my fourth and then I signed a two year extension to get to sixth, you know, I was ahead of the curve and I was already thinking, okay, so what happens if I have to retire? What happens if no one wants me? You know, because, you know, I'm already past the three years and at this point, at this point, they start looking at you like, "Oh, okay, you'll be thirty in this, you know, by this age. So, what can we get out of them, or do?" We... Um, so, I, I, I kind of got stronger. Um, I, I signed a five-year contract out of Cincinnati to Cleveland, but I only played one year. And so, I really start thinking about retiring and what was life after football going to be because that was the first time that I had to deal with being cut from a team. I've never in my I've never in my athletic career, since playing junior all-American football, some call it Pop Warner, I've never been cut, released, or anything. You know, I was always the, the the top of the top, one of the best on the field, and I was challenged with that. And I signed with Arizona, like I said, a one-year contract. And those one-year deals, when you're a mid-tier player, the way they label you after um, you get released from a big contract, um. That that was a make or break for me if I really wanted to continue to play football. And I was just so thankful that I got coached the right way and and I had the right people around me, like Carson Palmer, someone I was really familiar with, that made me wanna that helped me and guide me to to play longer. Um looking at his career and you know, how familiar I was with him ever since we went to USC together, we were in the Cincinnati Bengals together. Um we, we came together, and I got four more years out of that, that one-year deal. And um, the last one, I just knew that I was going to give it all I got, and I was 35 years old. Mm-hmm. But, again, uh, being prepared and being ready to step off the field is one thing, um, and it, it kind of gives you – it kind of takes the pressure off you because – you're already prepared in case they say they don't want you anymore. You know, once I changed my mindset on how I was going to react to contracts and how I was going to go forward dealing with teams, and I wanted everything on my terms. A lot of guys were still going for those five-year contracts, four-year contracts, um, which are good because you get the upfront money. I just changed the way I thought about things. I was like, if I signed a one-year contract or a two-year contract, chances are, I'll be in control of when I want to stop playing football. I didn't put it on them to cut me after one year and I'm disappointed like I was in Cleveland, giving it my all. And then just because they have a new staff coming in, I was, you know, a casualty to that. So I just started signing one-year contracts and understanding that I wasn't going to get a whole bunch of money up front, but the back up, the back end of it, my 401k and my benefits, that stuff was growing. And those became my signing bonuses. So I allowed myself mentally to be free to continue to play the game that I loved and not worry about the money that came with it on the front side, knowing I was going to be protected on the backside.
1: Mm, that's awesome, man. And and that's what I call making those decisions. I call that reading the D literally like you're doing things on your own terms. You have thought you're being purposeful and you're reading the D you're making sure you're setting yourself up and, and it's on your own terms. So When, when you think about the position you played, I mean, day in and day out, man, you know, lining up on, on the line of scrimmage, you know, obviously it's mentally, it's a hard job, uh, physically, like for the amount of years that you played that position, I can only imagine, um, you know, not only on your mind, but your body, what kind of mindset do you have to have to, to literally get into the trenches?
2: Well, I'd say I was prepared, you know, um, Coach Ed Ordrone, the head coach at LSU, the national championships, the Go Tiger guy. Yeah. He's my defensive line coach uh, at USC. And he really had all his players that were not only in the D-line room, but on that team at USC prepared for the next level, whether that be football life. He just had you up and ready to go. You know, um, being in the trenches is tough. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Being a younger player, trying to keep up with the, the veteran players and their techniques, and understanding the nuances in the defense, and understanding that it's just not about brute strength anymore—it's about um, really fine, fine-tuning your technique and knowing your angles and your footwork and your steps—it um, it, it, it weighs on you. You know, a lot of people don't understand. It's like other positions get to play off here and there. A linebacker sometimes doesn't have to hit anyone. Uh, a corner or safety sometimes they you just run around and they don't have any collision, any contact. And um, that's not for a defensive alignment. You know, you you have so many things that you have to be prepared for pre-snap. It's not just the guy in front of you that a lot of people um, uh, would think about. It. I mean, it's the quarterback trying to jump you off sides. We can get you in trouble if you're jumping off sides at the wrong time in the game or, you know... Um, and obviously the guy right in front of you. Um, these guys are physically <laughs> bigger than you as a defense lineman. Offensive alignment now range from 6'6", 330-pound um, men. And um, especially as you get older, that weighs on your, your hands, your wrists, your, your shoulders, your elbows, um, your knees getting leveraged, trying to get under them. Um, it, it it's tough to play in the trenches, but again, you have to be mentally tough to to push through things. You know, one of the things that I always hated was training camp and not for the obvious reasons of going to training camp, which we can go into another time, but, you know, <laughs> playing in the trenches, you, you, you jam your fingers or you'll break a finger really quick, you know, and in training camp, if you do that on day one or two, I mean, imagine that, you know, that's an injury. I mean, that you know it's going to happen, but hopefully it's in the season and you know you can kind of rest it through certain days in practice, not do some drills. But training camp, when you're fighting for a job and you get an injury like that, that's a nagging injury that's going to hurt you um, mentally, you have to be, be able to push forward. And um, playing D lineman, there's a lot of that mental toughness that has to come through, especially playing 13 years at that level. You have to push through things. There's no way to run around it. You're going to have a physical, you're going to have physical contact every single play. And um, you got to have your mind made up that this is for you.
1: Right. And it's all about grit, man. Uh, I know that firsthand. And, and I'm curious here, you know, when you're talking about that position and getting prepared, how did you get prepared for, for games? Meaning, was there a ritual routine that you did? Did you did you get nervous? How did you deal with those nerves?
2: Well, me personally, the preparation started um, the beginning of the week, or I would say after the fr- after the game played. Um, being prepared mentally and physically, um, watching your film, making sure you're lifting your weights, um, making sure you're in the ice tub and getting the, the hot tub and getting massages and getting stretched, doing your chiropractor, getting IVs, doing everything you have to do to be mentally prepared. Are doing every single thing that you had to do to be prepared to play the next game. Um, You know, a lot of people don't understand, which you can, is you have to get through a week of practice before the games. A lot of people think you just play the games and you're on TV, and that's not true. You know, you got to get through a week of practice, game planning, um, learning plays, coaches scrapping those plays at the last second. Don't worry about that play. Worry about these ones. And then we're going to bring this one back. Remember, we ran this play three weeks ago, but we're going to call it this now. And there's so much that goes into that game. You have to be completely dialed in and focused. And if you, you, you're you not focused, that's when injuries come. That's when a big play happens. And um, it's the fine-tuned little things that matter in football because, you know, the game is a game of inches. And um, the things that I did... Um, I learned. I learned from veteran players. Like I, I brought up Carson Palmer earlier. Carson was a, a, a true student of the game. Um, obviously, we played different positions. He was a quarterback. But the way he went about, you know, his film study, it's when you study. You know, you get to work early. You got a little bit extra time before everyone else gets there to get in the hot tub and get warmed up. But you got your film right there. So finding those little certain times where you can watch your film before you go home to your wife and kids and whatnot. Um, you have to be able to be a pro and being able to be a pro helped me, but having that guidance to get me prepared for the game. Um, It wasn't so much music and things like that. I think for me, it was the week heading into the game that gave me my max potential to be great.
1: Mm. You know, real quick here, I want to, I want to throw out three quick questions you can give me quick answers to. Um, So Out of your whole career, who was the hardest offensive player that you had to go against that gave you just gave you hell throughout the game?
2: Well, that's tough. I mean, it could, I would say Marshawn Lynch at running back. Um, (laughs) You know, there's a lot of linemen that, you know, there's there's quite a few that played really hard, but half of it's the scheme. But when you you face a guy, which I like to say Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson were the best running backs. And, um, my tenure in the NFL, um, those guys brought it every play and their pass pro blocking for the quarterback or running the ball. Um, when you guys got, when you got guys that can outrun your DBs and out physical, your linebackers um, have vision that can make a cutback and stuff. It's challenging. And you know, those two guys I named will be hall of famers one day. Those guys, I believe gave, me the biggest fit in my career because you had to prepare so much for them, catching the ball out of the backfield. And that opened up the whole offense, those two players. So I'd I'd go with Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson.
1: Beautiful. And out of your 21 and a half sacks, what was your your signature sack? What was your most memorable sack?
2: The most memorable sack I've had... It's pretty unique. I had one when Brett Favre played versus the Jets, and no one has a picture of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I finally got, you know, when you get in the league, obviously before you're in the league, you you just hear these all-time greats, you know, all these different players and positions, and you know, and then you get in the locker room and you're like, whoa, there's that guy. Or you got a preseason game, you see the other guy, and he's not dressed, but there he is, you know. Then the regular season comes and these guys are firing on all cylinders and you know Brett Favre is you know one of the greatest of all time and I I, I sacked him
0: you mm-hmm. know
2: and that was huge and I'd like to say my first sack uh, was against Orlando Pace um he played for the Chicago Bears his last year and yes he was old and I don't care <laughs> but he's around the pace a yeah I, and I got around him <laughs> and I got a sack and you know I think those two things were so memorable for me because of who they are and what they stand for and their body of work, you know, because you can have a lot of players that play a few years, but it's those guys that plus that I I give a lot of respect to because I did it myself and I do know how tough it is dealing with things that come with the game and life and all the things that you can, you know, get pulled each and every way to get you unfocused focus. Um, to continue to play at that level and get through those things, that's why I give those veterans the, the nudge.
1: Awesome. Awesome. One more question here before we uh, close out here. When you reflect on your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself?
2: That I'm resilient, um, that I have faith, I'm a hard worker, and if I stay mentally tough like I did, I could outlast anyone. Um, I still feel like I could have played last year. I could have played, I could, if Corona wasn't here, I would be able to play this year. Um, cause it's not always about being as strong as you can, or, you know, being so athletic. It's about how you fine tune your craft.
1: That's huge. Now, how do my listeners, how do they follow you on social media? What are you up to? What's next for, for Frosty?
2: Well, they can follow me on uh, all avenues. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Organic Frost. Um, right now, I'm currently starting a flag football league in my hometown in Orange County, California. Um, my hometown is Tustin. Um, they can look up the website at theleagueflag.com. Um, we're we're starting out just in Southern California in Orange County, but we should grow throughout the state in the next few years. And I'm doing podcasts. Um, hopefully I'll be working with USC, my alma mater. And other than that, I'm going to, I'm going to smile and I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to take day um, and take life day by day.
1: Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing your story and your mindset and your energy. Uh, it means a lot. I know that my listeners are going to enjoy this podcast and uh, and I, and I wish you all the work and success with your flag football league and, and, in your future adventures, man. So I I, I definitely appreciate you being on the show.
2: Uh, Thank you for having me and uh, best of luck and please stay safe out there.
1: Yeah, man, you too.